1: I'm locked, I'm locked
0: up done. in memories They all intertwine The memories in, In my mind I know tomorrow could that zone will come Never know
2: Just what done Good evening and welcome to the Stuff Child Abuse Now show. This is scan number 3165. That's a lot of shows, yes, yes it is. My name is Carol Levine. I'm Vice President of NASCA And uh, tonight we do have a a guest Her name is Jessica Moss And she is from Columbus, Georgia And uh, I'm going to have her tell her story In just a few minutes We also have Lori Purcell here And I'm always glad when Lori's here too And uh, we have quite a story Coming from this young lady But first I have to um, read the mission statement And talk a little bit about NASCA And then Jessica We'll get to you We have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public. Very important especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. So that's basically our mission statement. That uh, <laughs> tells you a lot. Also, I want to give out um, our website, okay? That's NASCA, that's N-A-S-C-A dot org. That's NASCA, N-A-S-C-A dot org. On this website, we have a lot of information. It's very important that people who want to learn about child abuse um, look at our website. And uh, you scroll down a little bit, and you'll see red boxes, and each box has a different topic And And by, you know, clicking into the topic boxes, you can learn an awful lot about child abuse and other things of interest, some, um, you know, about laws and so forth. So um, I see we have Bill here. And he's also working. All right, he's behind, and he will come forward <laughs> on the show in a little while. I'll, I'll call him. But anyway... Um, Another thing, too, the, the telephone number here is 646-595-2118. That's 646-595-2118. If you want to be a part of this show, all you have to do is call that number and hit the number one, and I'll bring you on. You can maybe have a question to ask, or you want to make a comment, or or maybe you can identify, you know, with what's being said, okay, And we have a lot of callers tonight. And I'll bring this person on in just a second. Um, 661 area code, Philip, is that you?
3: Yes, hello, Carol, how are you today?
2: Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, so we have a good guest on tonight. So um, we have a nice crew here, this is good. All right, so with Jessica, um, she has quite a story to tell and I'm gonna let her get started, okay? So from your earliest, you know, remembrance of your your childhood abuse is when you start. And after that, um, we speak about, you know, how schooling went, how it affected you, um, and so forth and so Mm -hmm. on. And and then um, after we finish telling your story, after you finish telling your story, (laughs) uh, we speak about what you're doing today, okay, Mm -hmm. and that's important. Okay. So, um, it's all important but I mean it it shows people that there is hope, okay. And and that's very important. I, I wanna thank you for coming on this show. And um it takes a lot of guts to come on and talk about child abuse, whether you're male or whether you're female, okay. And um I'm just so happy you're here. So why don't you go ahead, you. I don't like reading your bio out I like uh, for, for my people when they come on To tell their story in their own way And do it in chronological order if you can Okay, like uh, if you start getting abused at the age of 8, let's say can start from there okay. And uh, and work from there, okay?
0: Okay
4: Okay, thank you so much for having me on And giving me the opportunity to share my stories. Wonderful Um well uh, so I grew up um go ahead yeah, I, uh, I grew up in uh um metro Atlanta I grew up in the suburbs there, and I had you know what appeared on the outside like a really normal home you know i um my father worked out of town, and my mom was a stay at home mom um, but the earliest memories I can have of the abuse was just um, things like uh, nightmares <laughs> because it was always something that happened to me in the middle of the night. Um, so because it was between, you know, me falling asleep at night uh, first in the beginning because it was the sexual abuse was after I had fallen asleep. Um, uh, that. It wasn't really consciously registering to me, I think, what was actually going on. It just was like I would be very afraid before I'd go to sleep, not really understand why. Um, So let let me just explain first that I had very, very limited memory of what happened to me until I was about 29 years old, 32 now. (laughs) So it wasn't very long ago that I really was able to fully remember everything. And so when I explain, you know, you said chronologically what happened to me, it's almost like just saying what's the first thing I remember because some some mm-hmm. things I still really don't remember. And and the, one of the first things I started to remember was how my brother would um like get in these like weird tickling. Things With me <laughs> He would like mm-hmm. tickle me a lot In like an uncomfortable way right. And I always thought in my mind Like I wonder If something was more Like if something happened with my brother That I don't remember And eventually I could remember mm-hmm. So um, I was Abused by my older brother um, Sexually abused And um, He would come into my room In the middle of the night everyone is asleep, and raped me. And so I think he was also abused and neglected, too. I don't really know his story because I I don't know his story, but I just don't imagine that it would come out of nowhere like that, you know, this 13-year-old kid Uh abusing uh his 8-year-old sister. So I'm assuming that's what happened, and... You know, I don't hold anything against him because from from what I've experienced in my life as an adult, it's just how much how much the abuse that happened to me as a kid really affected me and made me into a person that was just not, um, how do I say it? I I also would have been capable of doing those things. Had I not really come to terms with what had happened to me, I could be a very wicked person. And so when I look at, you know, when I think about my brother and I think about what he did to me, I just think about, you know, it was wrong, but we've all done horrible things. And he, he, he too had his own, his own demons. He used to talk to me about how my father would come home from work every day and beat him with a belt Mm -hmm. because my mother would complain about him so he had his own his own issues and um but as we as we got older um my way of dealing with this incredible fear that I that I would feel before I'd go to sleep I eventually came to realize that if we would if I would do things with him during the day he would no longer come to me in the middle of the night which was my greatest fear mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I would initiate with him as time went on, you know, it's nine, 10 years old, so that he wouldn't come to me in the middle of the night because that was right. just too traumatic to handle. Yeah. And, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we, um, when I got a bit older, um, we moved to another house and that, Well, let me explain that Uh, when we were young, when I was young, my parents had moved me from the upstairs to the downstairs house. um, And they converted, like, our little dining room to a bedroom for me. Mm -hmm. And so my brother taught me how to sneak up the stairs (laughs) in the middle of the night without making any any noise, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think at this time that anybody in my family knew what was going on. So... Mm -hmm. That's always a, a very
2: hard thing. You know, that's always a very hard thing. Did you ever feel like at any time that you wanted to go to your parents and say, hey, this is what's happening?
4: I really didn't have a relationship with my parents like that, and I don't think I really understood exactly what was happening. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I knew, like, that he was doing anything wrong to me. It like, just didn't right. register like that. It, the, my brother was always the person in my family that would stick up for me, you know? And in a weird way, he was like the one person in my family I could trust <laughs> because he, I don't know, we were just, we weren't a very close family, so he mm-hmm. just didn't talk about anything. But But if I needed something, I could go to my brother and I could talk to him. And he would help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also understand that.
2: <laughs> I think you lived in my house. <laughs> um, that's. Uh, let me tell you something uh, before you go on here, because you don't have too much more written over here. So I want to explain a few things to you. First of all, like it said, like it's written here, abuse many times does happen most often in the family. And it is many times by parents or brothers, sisters, Hey, okay? Girls can do that too, you know? Um, yeah. Whomever, other family members, aunts, uncles, and so forth, extended family members. And so there's nothing uncommon about that. It's just nasty, okay, because we're talking about incest, which you have written here, and that's exactly what it was. Um yeah. When you come, yeah, and then you just made a statement now. When you come from a family... That's not close and and maybe like um you know like you're getting hit or you're being yelled at too much or, or whatever, and you feel like you need someone to uh, to talk to you to come to champion your cause is the way I like to put it, um then you would go to your brother, okay, I understand that, I get it because in like in my family, my brother was more favored than I was, and uh I feared he could help. Okay And he would understand And even though he was abusive to me In the same way um, I I felt that I could go to him So that's strange isn't it It seems weird This is the one who's abusing you And yet you have some sort of relationship with him Where you feel like you can go to him Okay And I I totally Mm -hmm. get that Because I did the same thing So that's not unusual
4: Wow That's interesting So
2: Yeah, it is interesting And um, you sort of like You know, see this is another way That they groom you, okay I want that understood Because in the process of grooming you Like coming to your side to help you um, To help other people Understand this who's listening um, They'll be very kind to you Maybe a few times Like I can count on maybe four fingers The times that my brother was good to me That's it But it was better than nothing, all right So yeah yeah yeah. so what happens is they'll yeah they'll help you and then that builds your trust more in them so that you'll continue to go to them and actually what they're doing is drawing you even closer like the spider with the fly okay that type of thing closer okay because then you're in his web because you're in his clutch because he's groomed you now so that you actually. Um, you actually trust him a little bit. There's a little bit of a trust issue going on there. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that what he was doing was wrong to you?
4: I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I knew that I didn't like him. I, I, did, I felt like it was a trade-off. Like you're saying, like, I I liked having somebody to talk to, and I wasn't mm-hmm. really... Um, how do I put it? It wasn't something I would have wanted, but right. it was something. It was something from somebody because it was like I had nobody.
1: Right. And
4: right. um. But yeah, I think he did. Think he did groom me quite a bit. Yeah. Um
2: that's what they do. They're slick, aren't they?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're very, very
2: slick. That's what they are. Look, we have a we have a nice panel here. So I'm gonna to go to Lori and let her say hello to you and maybe ask you a question and uh then okay. down to Bill see if he wants to say something and Philip and, and we have also Cheryl Dale here. Um, so we have some people. And I'll do that maybe twice, that's all throughout the storytelling here, and then we'll do a lot of talking and so forth, okay? Okay. Okay. Let me go to Lori. Lori, say hi to our guest, Jessica. This is her first time. She's doing a good job. Um, She has uh, periods where she can't remember things, and it's just now coming forward. And I have a lot of questions for her, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think you're doing a wonderful job so far. Um, I could tell Thank you're you. a first-timer, um, but this is where you start, and things are going to progress for you. Um, your brother sounds like my father was, he used to come in at night all the time. During the day, too, but always at night, and I was afraid, mm-hmm. and it was just about the time I was wanting to go to sleep, and he was an everyday thing, so I get the the anxiety from that, because that, that can really knock you right out. And your brother sounds, the relationship is what my brother did to my sister. And uh, I didn't know what was going on until one day when I caught them. And uh, he pretty much what you were describing is what he did to her only they never got along. There was no um, tender moment type thing. He used to beat the crap out of her every day also. So while you're talking, um, I'm glad at least you have the opportunity to have at least one or two good memories of him because as you get older and you look back and things you, maybe you're just, from remembering them now, um, some of us don't ever forget them. So you have part of your life that's pretty good of him. And if he, if he is the only one that you were close to in that family, it counts big time. So everything that you reacted to and the way you reacted to it, I see happening. Um, but. As you say, the more you're uncovering and realizing how really not good that was to do to you, it's going to come to you, Yeah, and you're going to have some kind of like struggles ahead of you. But I can tell you that once you've started the healing process and go through it and you're committed to it and doing all that, you're going to look back in, in just a few months and you're going to see a change in yourself. You know, it's like you're you're gonna be walking to a lighter a lighter time in your life, and one day this will be further back in your memory. You know, so you're doing good. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank
1: you.
2: Yeah, I think she is too. Thank you for that, Lori. Um, let sure. me sit down. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to see if Bill wants to say hello quickly. I know he's working behind the scenes here, on, behind the studio. Do you want to say hello to our guests, Bill? Let me open up his mic. That might help. <laughs> I always do that. You're
3: awesome. There we go. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to say hello, and I'm delighted that you're here. I don't want you to be afraid of, um, you know, of what Laurie just said. For example, that there's going to be a lot ahead of you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we've all yeah. done it, and and since we've all done it, we know that it all, it can be done, and you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And frankly. Uh, knowing this is your first time, I'm sure everybody on the panel agrees, you know, we want to support you, and you're doing fine already. You're doing great, and don't don't worry about the parts that you don't remember. Just tell us about what you do remember, and I know from reading your bio and so forth that you know plenty, and uh, you may get a question or a comment from us about it, but, um, you know, We're all on on your side, and we want to support you. As far as the incest word, I put that in there, but it's what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, abuse of of children that happens within the family uh, is incest. It's parents to child, siblings to child, grandparents to child, uncles to child, and even extended family members, you know, are, are included in the group that's the biggest group, the largest group by far. Uh, people who abuse children—about 60-something percent—and only 30-something percent uh, occur outside the family, uh, from people that the child knows. And another less than 10 percent are the stranger danger that we, we all grow up with, knowing about stranger danger, but not about the other things. So I'm not surprised that you didn't know what was going on. It was never explained to you. It wasn't explained to me either. <laughs> You're doing great tonight. And we want you
2: to know we're, you. we're behind you 100.
3: percent Okay, Jessica. God bless you. Thank
2: you. <laughs> no. Thank you, Bill, for that. Let me um, let me uh, put Philip on. His mic is open. Philip, do you uh, want to say something now, or do you want to listen, or what? What are you going to do? So when you read
3: that, uh... True, by the way. Just listen, you, so you just want to listen right
2: now, okay? Please. All right. Yes. I, are you having a party? I'm. I'm jealous. Are you having a party?
0: Yes. <laughs> well, I'm
2: <into> am <laughs> gonna, gonna put you on hold for like because there's noise, and I'll get back to you in about five ten minutes. Okay. All right. Okay. Now we have Cheryl Dale. I'm gonna open up her mic and 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 uh, see if she'd like to say hello to you. Go ahead. Hi. This is Cheryl. And I just, uh, you know, I, I just want to
1: tell you that there, you know, I'm, you're, you're a brave voice for coming forward. And Thank you. Appreciate the
4: last of doing that with all of us.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when it comes to asking questions, um, I'm curious to know if there are some health challenges that you believe you have
4: had in your life due to the harm that you experienced as a child? Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah, there were um, health issues that I had. Um, So when I was in school, um, we were doing some kind of drill, and I had this really sharp pain under my ribs, and it was bad enough that I just couldn't... um, keep walking and my teachers noticed and called home about it and I got checked out and it turned out I was kind of graphic maybe but I was so constipated I was I had like a blockage basically Mm. and um, so there was that and that was a really um, scary situation for me because uh, I had to be examined by a doctor and I freaked out <laughs> and and they insist my dad insisted on staying in the room and I was begging him to leave the room because it was just so embarrassing for me and um that was I don't know that was traumatic for me I guess um and also I had um developed some heart issues after I had kids I don't know if that was because of just being in that constant state of anxiety for so long but um yeah Thanks for the question.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that, Cheryl. That's good. Now I'm going to put you back on hold. Then I can keep track better with the uh, studio. Okay. Um, one thing I want to you know get forward here is uh, it's a known fact. Okay, it's a known fact that um, when you're sexually abused as a child, uh, many times you can develop physical ailments, and we're more apt to have more physical ailments. And those people who haven't been abused, okay And uh, so that's not uncommon And I'm very sorry you had to go through that Now, um, incest inside of the family, by the way, it extends It does, I found research on this There are many states, not all of them are the same But many states uh, do consider that even like adoptive parents or stepfathers um, That too is considered incest, okay and I found that rather interesting the other day because um, I wouldn't have thought that. So when you go throughout the whole family tree there, okay, of, of who's in your family, your immediate family, and then uh, the, the, the ones like who are the stepfathers and um, uh, the adoptive fathers, they consider that in many states, um, New Jersey and California. California is very heavy on that, uh, on that definitely. And I'm not too sure about New Jersey. Um, they call it Dirty Jersey for a reason, okay, <laughs> we have a problem. But, but anyway, so um, it's becoming a thing that's going all throughout the states now. There are quite a few states that consider that to to be extension of and um, also a crime, and they look at it, too, as a crime. Now, my brother couldn't keep his hands off of me either, okay, and this is after I was uh, had been kidnapped and raped. In New York, because I'm I'm from there, too. And um, so after that happened, um, he, that was nine years old with him. The original rape started at six with a dirty uncle. He was a dirty uncle that I had to live with, disgusting. And then my brother at the age of nine. Now, I never thought that it was right, but I was scared to death, you know, to talk, because they, they, they tell you they're going to kill you many times. See, you are groomed in a nice way, if you will, and whereas many kids other mm-hmm. than that are, you know, if you tell I'm going to kill you or I'm going to kill your cat, oh, God forbid, don't kill my cat, you know, or or I'm going to yeah. do something else that's awful, and they keep control over you that way, okay? And, um,
0: yeah.
2: you know, so it's control type thing. So whether it's through kindness they, they look for uh, ways that they can help you through kindness and draw you closer that way. Or whether it's through fear, they're both wrong. Okay. Right. And I just I just want you to know that. And um, then you said, too, that you thought that maybe he had been sexually abused. You don't know for sure. Well, many times it does run in the families, but many times it doesn't. They're finding out with pedophiles and they know by the time they're 15 years old that they're different, and they, they seek younger children, okay? They they actually do that. They don't want to get caught doing that, especially with their peers, because then the peers wouldn't want to, you know, they, they, they'd they lose their friends. So usually they don't do anything except that tickling you're talking about. That's very, very common. My brother used to tickle me until I'd almost pee in my pants.
4: It wasn't yeah, funny exactly. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: There right, it wasn't
4: That's what gave no. me the first clue Like That that didn't really seem like normal playing <laughs> No It's not normal playing yeah. And and you
2: see The mother and the father, if they saw this If they caught wind of it, they should have realized My mother just said, oh, things like this happen In family, she didn't care that he was touching me And uh, so there's no sense In going to her for help for anything ever So but with that tickling, that's how it starts out many times, and uh, you know, and and they go too far, and then it turns into touchy feely, and then after touchy feely, after a certain amount of time, they see that you're not resisting because maybe you're scared or you don't know what to do, whatever. Um, then it can turn into rape, yes, and that's exactly what it is. It's incest and it's mm-hmm. also rape, yeah, and it's environmental conditioning. Where it's destroying you as a person, and then what happens? The mind shuts down many times. Unfortunately, my mind, like my mouth, never shut down. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I had some blank, you know, blank spaces in there where you know um, I didn't hear things because, quite frankly, or, or see things, or, or the things that you know I did go through, but I remembered everything. Mm-hmm and yeah.
4: believe me that's not easy either so i imagine know. that wouldn't be easy growing up knowing no. that and for me the hard part about not remembering was there was there was a lot of stuff that i felt um was wrong with me and i didn't have an explanation for that like one of the things i did um as a kid, I, like now I realize it was my way of trying to protect myself is I would just like not bathe or I'd totally trash my room so he couldn't sneak in there without making a bunch of noise. My room would just be full of, you know, junk. Mm-hmm. And I, not remembering the abuse, I would just think, oh, I'm just kind of a nasty person or, you know, I, don't, I just don't have good habits, you know, I don't take care of myself. So it really—that was one of the things that it really helped me to remember, because then I could see everything in its in its right place, you know.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: you know that's that's very common too. You see, many times children do feel fear. Like Lori and I were talking on the last show I did last Friday, because I'm on just about every single Friday night, and so is Lori. And until a piece, he's around too. Um. I have knives even to this day Even to this day Because a lot of my abuse Happened at night time too Or well, right before the sun came up Depending on who, which house I was living in I have to put it that way Okay. So mm-hmm. um, even to this day I have knives at the bottom of my bed I have knives at the top of my bed And underneath my bed I have nunchucks And honey If someone comes near me They're going to get one of them or the other, or maybe the other, (laughs) because I'm not Mm -hmm. going to be abused anymore, okay, because that's what it is, okay. Many times it goes in from Mm -hmm. childhood, and then we end up getting married. We pick poor partners, and um, you end up getting beaten, and all the things that actually happen, you know, when you were younger. Now, your sister got beaten, you said, okay. And uh whereas I don't think you did your, your brother beat your sister. Is that
4: what happened? Um he would get into fights with my other sisters, but not not me, <laughs> except for the mm-hmm. you, you know the abuse but yeah, did he usually actually
2: sexually abuse them too, or was it or were you the one?
4: No, I don't think so no mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: no, but i think I think my parents probably knew because the the last day that happened um caught us and for some weird reason I thought like my brother was going to stand up to my dad or something like we were going to run off together or something I don't know but he my my dad so I was just sitting there just watching you know what they were what they were gonna to say to each other and my dad was like, um, don't you know, you know, she's too old for that now, you could get her pregnant. And that's what cleared me into maybe maybe my dad did know Yeah. I don't Yeah. I don't know. It sounds
2: that way to me. Yeah, it it does actually. Yeah. Um that's that's a shame. That's a shame. Because when you don't have the help, you know, from your parents um, it just makes things so much harder It it truly does um, I mean they, they should take that kid Whichever one is the offender And, and I, I would like to say Get them help But unfortunately um, Even if they're teenagers And you go and you can get them help you, They might be able to you know calm themselves down For a little while But they're wired like differently And I have to say this too Because of all the research I know and other things. But the point is this. We're different, too. We're wired differently, too. This anxiety that you speak about, I had panic attacks. I had panic attacks that were, that were debilitating, all right, And um, from all the things I saw and all the things I went through, and it just turned into panic. And, yes, I have a little bit of heart problem. And I, I said to my doctor, um, Is it possibly because I had all these panic attacks, which started at the age of nine until 49, and I got so blasted mad at them, I screamed in my head. I'm not going to tell you the words, honey, because you blush. I see your bio in front of me. But, you know, I said all kinds of nasty words every time I'd start to feel a panic attack coming on. And it was almost, I'm going to say almost, mind over matter at that point. And the panic stopped. Yeah. So, you know, so your anxiety—I don't know if it went as far as actual panic. I mean, did your heart race? Did you blush? Did you feel like you were going to die? All this other stuff. Did you oh no! Sway?
4: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely would have panic attacks. And I, I used to, mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, I didn't remember then either. So. I'd have these panic attacks. I'd be on the internet, like, what's wrong with me? You know, trying to Google all this different stuff. And, um, I, I'd ask my parents to go take me to see, see somebody to help with it because, you know, I was self-harming. I attempted suicide a few times. And, like, I was, like you said, having these panic attacks where it's like, you feel like you can't breathe. And, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. but yeah. It, I think awful. that the strange thing is, like, the, for me, the way it ended was was more harmful for me than, than the whole thing, like, because of what happened. And I, I shared a little bit of this in, in the bio I gave, but mm-hmm. we were on, like, a, a family vacation, and we were staying at my uncle's house, mm-hmm. and my brother decided he was going to take me to the beach and my mom i remember my mom saying as we left like don't forget to make her put her sunblock on because she'll she'll burn to a crisp right mm-hmm. and we're leaving and he takes me to the beach and it's like as soon as we're out of sight from my family it's like he mm-hmm. pretends like i'm like his girlfriend you know and he's parading me around the beach and he's like throwing me up and down into the water and all this fun stuff and i feel like i'm i'm like um i feel you know i'm like 11, 12 years old, so I'm like, ooh, I get to be a cool teenager for the day, you know? Right. And we go back, um, we go back home, well, we go back to my uncle's house, and on the way there, uh, I, of course, I didn't put sunscreen on, but on the way back home, I realized how incredibly thirsty I am, and I'm like, I didn't know if I could make it into the house, but I didn't want to, I didn't say anything to my brother, I didn't want to complain, because I didn't want him to see me that way. I wanted—I didn't want him to see me as some weak little, you know, his little sister. So when we go in the house and and I just collapse on the bed and I didn't drink any water first, and that's when that's when I was—I passed out. And I don't know why my family treated me this way, but they—they they all were convinced that I was like um, being dramatic. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm going in and out of consciousness for like, I, I don't even know how long it was, but I just remember every time someone would open the door and say something to me, I would just be screaming in my head, like, bring me some water, please give me some water, but I was unable to say it. And I would just watch them walk out the door and it just, every time they would walk out the door, it was just like my heart would just drop. And it was just a strange thing for me because it was like one second. I'm, I'm this like, you know, the apple of my brother's eye, you know, and this getting to be what felt like an adult, you know, getting the freedom and being wanted. And then the next I'm sitting here just wishing I'd just die because it's just like so thirsty. And eventually they did, my brother did come in and give me water. Well, really, finally he
2: finally did
4: that. He, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. so then, then I, over like the next few days, I was able to eventually get up. And when I did get up out of bed, my uncle was just berating me about how horribly selfish I was to lay out in his house like that as his guest, and just, and I just it made me second guess everything. <laughs> it it was like i don't i didn't know who to believe i didn't know whether i was i don't know i don't know what i thought but i was just like very confused <laughs> about the whole thing i think you was we very
2: i think you we was very sick honey i mean listen think for a minute you're a mother you have how many children do you have i have 6 kids mhm yeah and i think i cuz i i looked at your um your um website and are you expecting again are you going on child number seven no no i'm not (laughs) that wasn't you okay (laughs) i don't know no but hey look six is enough man you have you have half a Mm -hmm. dozen kids there so um (laughs) but anyway like you know like um you know you there's something wrong with a person anyone i don't care who they are they, they go in. They lay down. They're having trouble walking. They're they're about ready to pass out. For God's sake, there's something wrong with that person. They're, they're ill. That's ill. Okay. And I don't see how the other people could be so ignorant around you, not to see that there's a problem. Because how old were you at that time?
4: I was eleven or twelve. See, you're just a kid.
2: You're just a kid.
4: Yeah.
2: And my and my son's normal. eleven,
4: and that just puts. I I never realized how young I was because my son is 11, so that makes me think about that. Yeah.
2: So where was their common sense? You see what I'm saying? Where Mm -hmm. was their common sense? So I have area code 216. Who am I speaking to? 216? Do you want to just listen? I think they do. If they don't answer me back, that means they just want to listen. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put them on hold. I'll go back to them, though, and see. Um, you know, if there's something they want to say. Philip, what do you think about all this? Are you there? Um, well, I wish
3: I could not touch on my bed.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Hello? Yeah. Um, I'm scared. Okay, do you, do you want to just listen for a minute? I think you're occupied there <laughs> or something. Yeah, I'm with I'll
0: my mom's
2: it, okay? Okay, honey, no problem. I'll, I'll get back to you in a couple of minutes or whatever. Um. Yeah, sometimes people have, you know, they have their lives to live and things are in, are in the way. But anyway, yeah. that's okay because, you know, see, I have a lot of questions here. First of all, did you ever get any therapy of any kind? No. No,
4: no. I didn't do okay.
2: that. Okay. Okay, and the reason why I asked that is I wasn't going to do that either. I'm too tough for that, okay? (laughs) I didn't want anybody telling me what to do because I turned, like, really, really rough, okay? That's what I did. But um, uh, actually some priests got a hold of me, and and then uh, also in this church that I did go to at times, um, we had over 200 people in our prayer group. That's a lot of people. So they come from Mm -hmm. all walks of life. And they grabbed the hold of me, and they said, you're a mess. And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I wasn't going to lie. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's where I got my counseling from, and they were able to help me. Now, that's a story from a good Catholic church, okay, a good Catholic church. And they truly helped me. Um, I see there's a 434 area code here. Who am I speaking to? Do you want to listen? They want to listen, too. Otherwise they say something, okay? Um, A lot of people do just want to listen because uh, they're new to the show and, uh, you know, they just want to hear, and that's fine. So getting back to, you know, your bio, which I have right before me, it gives me um, the ability to to ask you questions. So you're thinking that in in all of you, you talk about your parents, your siblings, your grandparents, your uncles. He was very um, uncaring, I think and then other extended uh, extended family members none of these people had any idea that there was something strange going on between you and your brother
4: um like i said i i think that they did know um one another clue that i had to they probably knew what was going on um, aunt was telling me that she was abused by by her brother and um when she brought it up and everyone was around she was saying you know and and no one ever acknowledged what happened to me and she was just um talking and uh everyone just kind of rolled their eyes and looked away like like she she shouldn't have brought it up <laughs> and mm-hmm. so i think that i don't i don't know why i don't like i said i never really been that close to him from mm-hmm. You know, the time when I came of age. So I, I don't I don't know. But I think that they knew. I think it was kind of just like a, a, a family thing, I guess. You're running the family. I don't know. But whenever they needed something from me, they would go to my brother and have him convince me to do it. <laughs> so. That's pretty strange.
2: All right. Well, you know, mm-hmm. um, all right, let, let's look at yesterday and then look at today, okay? When okay. I wrote my book... Twelve years ago, which is over in Japan, and then now it's down in Down Under. Right? It's going all over the place, and a lot of companies have my book now. I don't know how that happened. Okay, we won't go there, but it's selling like hotcakes. And it was there for for twelve years; it's been doing that. Now, listen here. Um, back twelve years ago when I wrote my book, actually thirteen years ago now when I wrote my book, there was only one other book online like mine. That's it. If you go on to Amazon and you type in, um, you know, under Amazon books, child abuse, now you'll see, oh, my God, a a couple hundred books or whatever, maybe more. Mm -hmm. I I don't stop to to count. They're all over the place. And then Mm -hmm. also, too, you see books for children so that parents can sit down with their children and explain to them about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, I've said that before. I've been quoted quite a bit. (laughs) People are using that, and that's okay. It's good because that's what it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, this is what we need to teach our children, all right? Not just like what Bill was saying, you know, like 10% stranger danger, and that's the way it is, because that's what they feel comfortable with. We don't live in an innocent world. So we have to teach our children to stay safer. It's really easy to teach a kid how to cross the street, you know, or uh, another time, you know, like uh, talk about it. Some guy, you know, comes out and starts asking if you want candy or some lady. It doesn't always have to be a guy. There's a lot of pedophile women. They're finding this out now. The stats are very high, not quite as high as the men, but they're way up there, and that's scary. Because women are supposed mm-hmm. to be nurturing. They're supposed to be like mothers, right? They're supposed to be this, that, all the things that you want a woman to be. If someone were to ask me, excuse me, what is a woman I would know what to say, okay? <laughs> That's politics mm-hmm. on T V. Someone couldn't answer that question. <laughs> That's pretty dumb. But and sad too at the mm-hmm. same time. But um, you know, so there's a lot of women out there, like a lot of teachers. Many times pedophiles, they align themselves with jobs so that they can be closer to children. Well, who's more closer to a child than inside the family? Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why inside the family, it's the hardest thing to deal with, and it's also many times, more often than not, the hardest type of um, abuse to get over. Because we as children, we look to our family for the love, for the attention, for the direction, for everything that we need to get us ready for life. Okay? And if we mm-hmm. don't have that, many times it stunts us. Um, some people dissociate. That means that they are going, they, their mind just goes somewhere else. They can be in the middle of, of having someone be abusing them, in the middle of, of abuse. Okay, sexual abuse And their mind just goes somewhere else It doesn't always have to be A a sexual can be physical, mental, emotional And and neglect I mean people can dissociate over all the abuses right? But sexual is the one that they mostly do And um, I didn't do that either (laughs) I remembered every bit of it But I wish I had dissociated To be honest with you But the point is this That you have here um inside your bio here that um you he started to, he went to college and then also mm-hmm. too he he continued his abuse with you. I guess you meant the when he came home and um but you ended up living with him in an apartment with your mm-hmm. then boyfriend. Talk a little bit about that
4: yeah, so as I was um I grew up as a teenager, like I said, at that point I didn't remember. After mm-hmm. after he had moved out to college, that's when I stopped remembering what had happened. So um he would do different things. He introduced me to drugs. Um he'd try to hang out with me and my friends. Uh different things that I think and maybe he abused me while I was on drugs and I don't remember. I don't know. But but for some reason in his mind he, I, I was so on board with it, I think, because when, when, um, when I was about to graduate high school, my dad had got laid off, and they ended up moving um, about an hour and a half away, and they decided that the best way for me to finish out high school would be for me to live with um brother and my boyfriend would be my roommate. So... I was living there with them, I was 17, and um, day one, when we moved in, he was like, um, you're going to sleep out here on the couch, you know, that'll, you'll, he'll have this room, I'll have this room, and you'll sleep on the couch, and I was like, what are you talking about, I'll sleep on the couch, I just moved in with my boyfriend, what are you talking about, and to, I don't know whether that's, that's just my head, but that just felt really weird, That, and he got very, very offended at me that day, and he didn't... Um, treat me the same after that. And when I was around, you know, when I was living there, um, he wouldn't buy me any food. Uh, He wouldn't pay for my bus fare to go to school. And sometimes I'd I'd get some some food from friends. A lot of times I went hungry. I mean, well, at that point I'm 17, I'm almost an adult, so I can't really blame him for that. But but I was a little upset about that. And eventually – my boyfriend giving him money for the bills and stuff, and he he just kept all of it and skipped out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. left Well, there. <laughs> first of all, he was
2: jealous. Okay, he was jealous. All right. Yeah. He didn't want your boyfriend near you. Okay, be- and he wanted you to continue, you know, to be uh, someone that he could go to for sex. All right. That's why he wanted mm-hmm. you on the couch. You're, you're easier maybe to um, if you're if you're sleeping next to your boyfriend, he's not going to come into the bedroom, right? Because he'll wake the boyfriend mm-hmm. up, so he wants you easy access, and that would be the couch. That way he can come out from his where he was sleeping and just come to you. I mean, that, that's easy enough to understand. And it's too bad you had to go through that, okay? I'm very sorry you had to go through that. And you see, you're bringing out things that are definitely trauma. They're traumatic, And your brain is now letting you remember a lot of things. There might be more things that are going to come forward. I don't know. Now, they usually say, you know, that um, when when your mind is allowing for you to remember, okay, they usually, you know, suggest that people have a counselor or a therapist, something like that. You know, so that – because some of it could be very volatile. Maybe your mind – I'm just saying maybe because I don't know. Maybe your mind is covered, you know, like uh, is protecting you from knowing too much yet. And then little by little it leaks out. This is what happens, you know, with people um, who don't have a memory, a full memory of, of their uh, childhood. And also, too, of the experiences that they went through that were traumatic. And that's what actually what yeah. – um yeah. And that's what Lori was referring to before, that you might have a long road ahead of you yet, which you're not even quite aware of because maybe next week, boing, it might be a smell. It might be a sound. It it could be anything that could trigger you, and all of a sudden another memory will come through. See, that's how it happens. It leaks through this way. It leaks that way. It comes out a little at a time. Some people have cluster type of memory And that's where a whole bunch of things happen That comes forth in your memory And you remember a whole bunch of things all at once And believe me, you had better have If that starts happening, yes, do seek help Because it could be something that's very traumatic It could be, okay Now some people might think Mm -hmm. about what they've heard so far As being pretty traumatic Because number one, it was your brother Um, Number two um, your family didn't care I can relate to that um, Number three They saw things happening And they didn't do anything about it Okay um, Number four You're quite sure that a lot of them suspected That there were things that weren't not right And they didn't try to change things Now this brings a, a lot of problems forth Did you ever try alcohol and drugs or anything Or did you do self-harm well, can, can you tell us how oh, yeah, you for saw- sure. Yeah,
4: go ahead. What'd you do? Um. Well, yeah. When I was a teenager, I I was cutting a lot, and mm-hmm. I also got into a lot of witchcraft. I think mm-hmm. that was part of the reason. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And well, I think I wanted like a sense of power back or something. All so, right. uh, I I would um. That happens.
2: It's it's very common. Uh, like, if you were to look on the website, okay, it would tell you all the things, like with little children, how they'll display um, certain types of behavior um, because they've been sexually abused. And then on the other side, it gives you the, what we're talking about, the ten signs of child abuse. That's what it's called, okay, ten signs of child abuse.
0: Um,
2: and on the other side, it talks about teenagers, And how, you know, they'll turn to alcohol and drugs. They'll become suicidal. Um, I had friends that used to cut because my friends were the same as I was. Um, We seem to be like a magnet towards each other as we're growing up because we feel comfortable, you know, with that type of uh, environment um, of our friends even. And then it can go later on then into spouses where you choose poorly. I know I certainly did. You know, you just choose poorly. And um, this is very common also. So then you have the abuse, neglect, and all the other things that you went through as a child, and then it then it goes into adulthood. And the reason why many people do seek help is because uh, they try to help them so that um, to buffer them and to help them see, number one, it was never your fault. Right. You were a victim at that time. All right. We were all victims when we were children. We were victims. Whether you were being groomed in a loving way, like your brother was doing with you until he finally got jealous of your boyfriend, or whether every word out of people's mouths in my family were very volatile. And I saw horrific domestic violence, blood flying, teeth flying, all this other sort of stuff. And I was always afraid that my teeth in my head was going to go flying. I didn't know. Hey, <laughs> you know, you're watching all of this stuff. And uh, so that's very traumatic. And then it turned into sexual abuse. So you know, all these things that we go through, if we don't have someone to help us to realize, number one, it was never your fault. Like you, you came up with a comment. You said that with your uncle, when you were at your uncle's house, he was annoyed because you just plain laid there and didn't do anything. Well, hell, you were sick. That's what you were. Yeah, you were so terribly, you know, dehydrated. And that's a bad place to be all right you need you need to drink water, and I'm glad your brother had a little common sense there and gave you a glass of water, probably needed about five glasses of water to fuel- you know right, but he didn't yeah. realize he was he didn't understand himself but um you know so you end up going through all different kinds of things, and my advice to you is that if you start, you know, remembering more and if you find it to be very uncomfortable um, and whatever the case might be, that you do seek help because your mind is now opening up and it's letting you know. And right here at NASCA, many of us go through the same thing. You know, there's many people who can't remember, you know, their mind is closed off because it's, a, it's protecting you, that's what it's doing, because it's just too much for a kid, you know, to take in at one time. And so then the mind just shuts down in certain areas, and then you start getting your memory back over the years. So yours started at the age of 29, and now you're 32. So let me ask you something. Uh, are you married now, or what? what's going on with you?
4: Yeah, my, me and my me and my husband have been married since I was 19. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh, I got I'm
2: 19, really happy I was that. 19 too. Yeah, go ahead.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really happy I met him because it could have it been somebody really bad. Like you said, it's, I think people who are abused tend to walk into situations that they don't realize are so dangerous and it's just normal to them. But I got lucky <laughs> and I have a very good husband and he's he's so also thankful. been through some, yeah I mean <laughs> he's been through some abuse when he was a kid too, so he he can kind of understand also mm-hmm. when I you know well, when so I you're very issues. fortunate
2: you're very fortunate, mm-hmm. honey,, I am. and I'll tell you why, because, like with my first husband, I was married twice, okay, and um oh, I thought that uh, with my first husband, I died and gone to heaven. He looked like a movie star. He had a Harley. I love bikes, okay. And um, well, he actually had two bikes. He had an Indian also. And then also, too, he had a Cadillac. I mean, come on. We got the bike and we got the Cadillac, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, And he'd buy me clothes, too, because uh, when in those days, everything's so different today because everything's in jeans. They don't care how you dress, really. You wear a pair of jeans a nice top you've got it made. But um, years ago, the city was still the city, in the the city that I knew of, and and was always in in and out all the time, Um, girls wore a dress, you know, and uh, you had to look pretty, Mm -hmm. and you had to wear high heels, which ruined my feet, thank you very much, because they were very high heels, but um, the point is, you had to look a certain way, so he um, bought me all kinds of pretty clothing, and we were always in uh, New York City, and um, he took me to French restaurants, and... When I would go to his house, it shows you how people can, you know, everything's a facade you know, many times with people, you know, they put on these acts. And uh, if you went to his house, it's like going to leave it to beaver or something, you know? <laughs> I mean, the older sister is standing there with the kid, and, and, and she's like playing ring around the, the Rosie. Mother is out in the kitchen, you know, making dinner. And, and father is over in the chair with a pipe in his mouth and a newspaper and uh, reading, and, and you think you've walked into a normal, finally, a normal house. This is what you think. Well, mm-hmm. that's not the way it was. So it turned out to be a nightmare. So what I'm telling you is that you're very fortunate that you were able to find your husband, okay, and he's he's so kind. And um, and, and another thing, too, My first husband, I found out years later, after I divorced him and all that, um, at the age of 11, he was sexually abused, and Mm -hmm. he never never told me. But that doesn't give anyone the right, honey, to abuse other people, okay? It just simply doesn't. Yeah, you're right.
4: Yeah. Right. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that with me. I, yeah. I, I am lucky. Could have been a lot worse.
2: And Yeah, well, you're lucky you have a husband understands and, and he's supportive mm-hmm. of you. Okay. And and a lot of us here at NASCAR we don't have that same support. We didn't have that same support. Um, my children turned out wonderful and i I just don't know how it happened. <laughs> you know. I they're 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 great kids. And um, I'm going to see one tomorrow, and I'm going to see the other one the next day. So, I mean, you know, I just love my kids to death. And uh, we have a good relationship, and I'm for that, I'm very thankful. Okay, for that, I'm very thankful. I want to go to Lori and uh, see if she has a question or, or a comment to make. Go ahead, Lori.
1: I think that it's a wonderful thing that you've got the support you do, just like Carol, I mean, a lot of people just don't have it. I see that you're gonna make progress because once you put your foot in it, your curiosity is gonna push you forward. So you do need to get um, into, go through the whole NASCA web page over and over again, find out whatever question you got, the answer's in there somewhere. Um, And the six kids that you do have, uh, I'm imagining that more memories are gonna come up to you as you see the kids growing up and interacting. Uh, so you got to kind of prepare for it. And you got to mm-hmm. figure out how to talk to them without letting them, you know, really know the bad stuff because you want them to have, like, a good future, but you want to get yourself better at the same time. And I think all that in place that you're really going to have that happen for you. I really honestly do. You're a very nice person. I can hear it in your voice.
0: You.
1: So, Thank yeah, you. just... Get everything in, in place And you're going to You're going to do fine
2: Yeah, I think so too I really do I think, you know, she's very strong You know, She really, I can see this I can sense it in her And, you know, one thing I want to tell you about Flashbacks And, and this memory that comes forward We had this uh, guest on who was an expert in uh, dealing with flashbacks um, He had his PhD And all that stuff and, uh, so anyway, he taught, we learned a lot from the guests that we have on a lot of times on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Now I have a certain amount under my belt and I can help a lot of people, but I learned about flashbacks from this guy. And Bill, I know you're listening. His name is Neil Brick. If you want to have him back on, it just came to me, Neil Brick. Because a lot of people, me being the AM person that they call, um, are having flashbacks right now and I think it's because of all the upset in the world uh, They're trying to heal and yet there's all this stuff all this not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow and next week and all this other stuff Which is enough to blow anybody's mind, all right, whether you're been abused or not but um, This man uh, taught about flashbacks And it's not something to be and I've read about this, uh, you know, I do a lot of research and it's not a lot of uh, people we don't talk too much about flashbacks, but I want you to know, right? If you start to get a flashback and it's like a memory coming forward, and it's like a nasty one, whatever it could be, I don't know, something volatile one way or another. Try not, and I'm going to say, try not to be afraid of it. Put it in its proper place. This is just your mind releasing information to you. Okay. No one's standing there at the time with a 45 to your head, <laughs> okay, and, and telling them they're going to shoot you or something or whatever. This is your mind letting you know that there's a little bit more to your story. It's like putting a puzzle together. I have this gal that calls me usually around 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and she always speaks about, and I like this, she always speaks about putting the puzzle together of her life. And at times she'll have flashbacks, and it'll be another piece of the puzzle, and then she'll have more understanding. You see what I'm saying? So um, why is this important? I'll tell you why it's important. Most of us, I want to say most of us, who have been you know, physically, sexually, mentally, emotionally abused, and with neglect, too, along with it, um, you know, we have... We have all kinds of fears about ourselves, maybe anxiety, maybe, uh, you know, you're still going through low self-esteem and, and all this other stuff because maybe you were told you're stupid or whatever when you were growing up, and then you find out differently later on you're not stupid at all, and, um, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. But anyway, the point is this, um, it's, your, it's the mind releasing information to you, and you're not in danger at that point, okay? That was then and this is now. It's your mind letting you know, you know, what's going on or what happened in the past. So you don't have to be afraid of it when it comes. I mean, it's going to jolt you. go, whoa, what was that? And then, But just keep in mind that it's something that came, happened in the, in the past and it's coming forth in the present just for you to look at, to see, to view, all right? So flashbacks are not a horrible thing. They're actually a, a teaching thing, which is what this man Neil Brick um, did say. And um, when I tell people that in the AM, um, because they are having a lot of flashbacks, that's one of the main things, but one of many things that can happen to survivors. Um, that is the mind releasing information for you to know. That's right. To let you know. Okay. It's okay. I hid it from you for 20 years or something whatever and uh now it's time for you to know and then you just you say oh okay well maybe this is why i feel this way or maybe this is why i feel panicky maybe this is why you I'm saying yeah and it then
4: definitely you, you help it definitely helps me a lot room. to remember mhm
2: and and it is a good thing and you again you have such a wonderful support system you have a husband who's been there And he's supportive to you. So you can sit down and you can say, hey, you know, I was walking around doing the laundry, whatever. And all of a sudden, I had this flashback, because that's what they're called, all right? And um, it was so-and-so-and-so. And and I know he's listening, I'm sure. And, um, you know, so he'll know how to, to speak to you if he doesn't already know about flashbacks that it's not a frightening thing in the sense where it's going to hurt you. If anything, it's just showing you reality from the past, and now you can deal with it. Okay, now you can deal with it. So there's all oh, kinds agree. of things. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that we go through, you know, as as kids, you know. Um, too often, I mean, the stats are ridiculous. It used to be one in four um, girls are sexually abused by the time they're 18, and one in five to six boys are sexually abused by the time they're 18. But things are changing in our world. The stats are different. I'm not going to tell you exactly what they are because they can't make up their mind. Okay <laughs> But it's more than uh, You know One in four With the girls It's more like One in three And it's getting even worse Maybe How can it be Okay Well you just said a little rhyme That's But bad. anyway You know It's it's sad It's disgusting And it's not acceptable That's what it is Alright um, I um, can't put politics On this show But one guy called in One night And he said We would love to have you On our show <laughs> That's funny But anyway, the point is, um, you know, we live in a dangerous world. I don't like to scare people. I like to tell them how it is. And that's why when people say to me, and I mention this once in a while, because it happens once in a while, okay, oh, I don't want to talk to my kids about, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want them to stay as innocent for as long as they can. Well, that's all well, nice, and good if you are living in, in that type of world. But we're not. Okay. All you have to do is listen to the radio or listen to uh, the Internet, go on the Internet, or listen to the TV, the news. We do not live in an innocent world. So I think it should become a part of parenting. And since you have six beautiful children, because I did, I did snoop on your, your website. Since you have six beautiful children, um I'm telling you you know the time will come when you should too tell them about the good, the bad, and the ugly, just to keep them
4: safe oh, no, that's that's definitely one of the first things I did because when i was um when I went through the process of remembering for me for me, it was like all at once it was like a key turning, I can just remember mm-hmm. everything i mm-hmm. I was actually staying with my family at the time because it was during covid. And, you know, we had came on hard times, and I went to go stay with my family for a while. And um, my brother off and on stayed there too. And um, after I remembered, you know, we were able to move out, I did have that conversation with my kids because I don't know. I don't um Some of my family is uh like Freemasons. And I don't know anything for certain, but I've heard enough stories about Freemasons that I just felt like, and and my parents had watched them enough times. They'd even like taken them out of town for the night that I just, mm-hmm. I had to sit them down and, and make sure that nothing had happened to them because I needed to know. <laughs> so I wasn't shy about, like, about explaining that to them. So I wondered, mm-hmm. And fortunately, you know, it, it didn't tell, nothing had happened. As, far as, as well, far as they told me.
2: Well, you see, that's um, I'm thankful for that, too. But, um, you know, to prepare them in case something does. You see, one thing that yeah. parents need to do, okay, is to build a bond, uh, a stronger bond between parent and child. That way, you know, if, if something does happen, you know, they don't feel strange about going to mommy or daddy because they've already had this conversation. And they know that mommy and daddy will help them, and they will believe them. And uh, then those are lucky kids also, because maybe something unfortunate happened. Hopefully it wasn't too bad, you know what I'm saying? But um, touchy-feely isn't right either, okay? So, you know, whatever. Um, You know, then they know that they can go to you for help, and then you'll straighten that situation out. All right? Mm hmm And that's important. First of all, the kid feels close enough to you to do that. They feel safer. And also they feel validated because you listen to them. You believe them. And you help them. And that, that brings the bond of mother and father and children even closer together. That's something that's not in our families anymore. I don't know if they ever were. I take that back. Um, there's not enough closeness in the families today. And um, a lot of the parents, you know, uh, they had problems themselves as children, and they didn't get the help that they needed, okay? No one wanted to talk about it. They'd shove it under the rug, they, just like what you were growing up with, what, what I grew up with, okay, and, and all this other stuff. Um, it wasn't handled uh, properly, and my brother went on and on and on and on. He went from person to person to person. I don't even know if he's alive today. I don't think he is, and I don't care. Okay. He couldn't even keep his hands off of my friends He couldn't even keep his hands oh. off of my daughter's friend Okay My brother was five years older than oh. me and, and I think you said in here that your brother was five years older I don't know But oh. The point yeah, yeah Yeah Same thing So you see They know that what they're doing is wrong Most of them and they don't care. And that's why they don't um, do well in therapy. And that's why, you know, pedophiles don't get the help that they need today because or yesterday or, or yesterday, no next year probably because they have something different in their brain. They don't care. They want to go out and they want to get their prey, and that's all they think about. Now, they can appear to be look look at the, you know some of the schools that we've heard about the colleges and Penn State for God's sake all the things that happened there because of one guy was a real nut and uh, he had uh children after school and and uh, they were usually ones that came from you know poor homes and stuff like that and he was molesting them left and right left and right and uh wow. and, and raping them okay then there was a detention center I was going to work in in Warren County. And uh, I found out that that idiot, there was an idiot in there, not the director. He was actually a sheriff. And uh, he would go into the prison at nighttime, and he was only, only after the boys, not the girls. So he'd take the, um, the, the boys out, and, and he would do whatever he wanted, and then he'd give them candy. And you see, people knew it. They were scared of him. I was at a protest. He was eighty four years old. This happened years ago. And these kids they grew up and they told on him. And he did die, unfortunately, not doing any type of jail time at all. Oh. Wow. And I know that because that was so many protesters. people coming forward. Yeah, well, now now it's different, too. I mean, because and that wasn't that long ago. No, it was only about seven years ago or something like that. And uh, people are, it's getting a little bit better, um, but they're still not getting the sentence saying that they should, all right? And so parents who protect in the family, number one, they don't want the family name to go down. That's what happened in my case. And uh, they didn't want people on the outside to know that their darling son Was a pedophile So they paid people off Because they were wealthy people And they could And uh, then that's the way it is many times They they don't want to face it Mm -hmm. They don't want to look at it They don't want to believe it Or the ones that do face it And believe it They don't They pay people off They do things And then the perpetrator continues to go from one to the other, to the other, to the other. And this is why our laws have to be changed to the point that even if you're a first-time court, you get such a tough sentencing that maybe it'll deter them from, you know, being the first-time offenders. I don't think so because I think they're sick in the head. But I think that even first-time offenders... Uh, shouldn't get, you know, anything less than 10 years. Okay. Um, Be- because it's that is I think
4: it's demonic. I think it's just completely demonic. Oh, <laughs> it's it like absolutely is.
2: Yeah, I, I believe that. But I wanted to say this, and then I want to hear what you're doing today. Now, the first-time offenders, um, they get such little time, but they have found out, that uh, through talking to them and them being honest and all this other stuff, they have, believe it or not, they can be, Um, they, they like to talk about it, a lot of them. Many times they've come to this number, this realization, that by the time they're caught for the first time, they've already offended 128 times. Now, that means 10 times with one kid, maybe five times with another, whatever. You do the math, it comes up to 128. So why should they go away for 6 months oh. or 2 years at the most. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell us what you're doing today, okay? I want to know.
4: Um well, after like I said, remembering really helped me and Mhm. had a lot of problems pressing people, pressing myself. And Remembering helped me to see that, like, um, it's, it all of the issues I had as a teenager, as a young adult, wasn't just because I'm just weird like that, <laughs> or there's yeah. it's like, it's like a flaw in me. It was it, there was a reason. So now that I could piece that together, it's like, I'm, it's easier for me to kind of, um, try new things and try to go talk to people and have. You know, friendships and the ease out of just being in my little hole, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I know that it wasn't it, the whole time. It wasn't just because of me, and I wouldn't have been able to do that without God. When well, I believe that when I was staying, I yeah, when I was staying yeah. with my family, like I said, um, well. I had really gotten into myself in a bad position because I was so I was so twisted in my head that I began stalking this man who looked exactly like my brother and that sounds really weird but that's what was happening and um, I just was so delusional that I was going to you know, go off with and, and it wasn't until afterwards when I remembered I was able to see like oh I was That was because he looked like my brother. It didn't even occur to me that that was the reason why I was doing it. It was like Mm -hmm. a way of uh, escaping, you know, whatever problems I was having. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, look back, uh, too,
2: though. He was the one you went to when, you know, when you needed help and you needed um, the security that you were, you know, you were lacking. So then you're, yeah. you're trying to replace your brother, you know. But today though, do you understand? You have to understand that what he did was wrong. And again, even though he was being beaten or being, you know, having problems or whatever, and then he went and beat your, you know, your sisters, your siblings up, or at least they were fighting together, whatever. you said before, it doesn't give him the right to touch you and to have this relationship with you. Because it is incest So put it in the proper place I'm not saying that you should all of a sudden Hate your brother I'm not saying that But put it in the proper place Because it's never right It's never right And you were never wrong You were never guilty I mean you were just a kid And um you know, so often many of us, you know, uh, it started at the age of five or six or seven, and oh God, I had one lady on where uh, she was just an infant, where she was being abused, and it's just uh, it's a horrific thing. It oh. is a horrific thing, and it yeah, can do I terrible do damage. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just gross. It's gross, and uh, the whole thing is gross. I, isn't? I, I... <laughs>
4: Yeah. yeah. I mean I say from eight because that's just the earliest thing I remember. I don't really remember it beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. know. But, um,
2: well I just want you to know that you did a wonderful job on this show tonight. Thank you. And you're not scared anymore, are you?
4: No. <laughs> no. Okay. And I, I, I want
2: you to know t- I want you to know too, honey, that, you know, since you came on and and you told your story and everything, um you can call in any night you want, okay? And you can be on the panel if you want. You can be the one asking questions.
4: Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah,
2: because it says here at the bottom of your bio here that um, it says here, this is why I want to share my story because she feels like she, um, you know, could possibly maybe help someone in the future and even right now. And me at my darkest, loneliest points, you can talk about stuff like that. You can do that. All right? And because, you see, so many of us, um, when we have nowhere else to go, we need someone to talk about our darkest, loneliest points because we feel so helpless. Okay? Um, I know I did, and that's why I cut my wrist. I mean, I was just at the point, I was 17 when I did that, I was at the point, where um, I just didn't want to live anymore. I'd had it. I was worn out. I was worn out. You mm-hmm. <laughs> know. And um, the only reason why I'm alive is because a friend of mine that was living with us. We always had big houses, big big houses. Um, she was allowed to live with us, and she came home early from a date that she didn't like. She didn't like the guy, and uh, she fought me. And I might even tell you the rest I might as well. My mother was on one side saying, "Do it and do it right." and my stepfather was on wow. the other side saying, "Yeah, yeah," because he was from Denmark, <laughs>
4: and that's
2: how they spoke so um oh my because, gosh. You know, people have terrible lives, and the very fact that we're still standing today shows how strong we are, okay. You see that? Mm -hmm. And I believe, too, that they have to go before God. I believe that. I'm reading your bio here. Um, They have to go before God and explain themselves because I believe he's a lot tougher than we are. I'm not scared of God. Don't Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Go ahead. I don't think people can be free from it without him. It's like a trap. <laughs> and it's just like if he wouldn't have pulled me out, I I would have never come out, and I I don't think I would have ever even remember. Cause I just mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to handle that, and like the twisted thing that happened to my mind, you know. And it was I was starting to mistreat the people around me, and and he just let me see, like you know, it's not just because you're so messed up or you don't. It's it's not because you're. Um, Something so wrong with you that you just can't get right. It's, um, I just needed to remember. I needed to know, <laughs> I needed mm-hmm. to know, so that I can know I can be free.
2: Well, you can be free. You know, and and you're doing a fine job. All right, and, and with your freedom, you're, and you already realize that it wasn't your fault. It was never your fault. Okay, but I just want you to realize that even though your brother was having problems of his own, it wasn't right for him to do what he did to you, okay? And I don't know if he's ever mm-hmm. going to change. You know, he you don't know. Maybe he's out messing around with the young kids. You don't know that. You don't know. You don't know.
0: Yes.
2: Now, I know with my brother that um, he got caught a, a few times, and, well, money talks, doesn't it? <laughs> he didn't go to jail. Oh, yeah. But so anyway. You know, so I I want to uh, – my Alexa is talking to me and I don't know why. <laughs> That's weird. All right. Um Laurie, why don't you say goodnight to our guests and I'll go down real quick here for people to say goodnight. And um please, you know, come back anytime you want. Okay? I want you to come back Thank and you. be a part of the family, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Lori, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay,
1: (laughs) I think you did really well. I really do. uh, Thank you. you Yeah, you're gonna feel better tomorrow. You know, you know, we won't know now, but you'll feel better tomorrow. So it was it was a pleasure (laughs) to listen to you very much. Mm -hmm. I think Carol filled you with a lot of information, and it's gonna go through your head. So yes, you did very well tonight. Okay, thanks for. Thank That's you for
0: having
2: me. Yeah. yeah. I think she did great. Because in the beginning, I know she was very nervous, and she just came right out of it. And then she did a fine job, a fine job. Let me see if Philip wants to say goodnight, and then I'll ask Bill. The other two, we have 90 seconds. Philip, say goodnight quick.
1: Goodnight,
0: people. You Love you.
2: Okay, good night, honey. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see who we have here. We have Cheryl. Cheryl, you want to say goodnight and come back?
4: Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: Okay. And I'm glad you came on, too. Okay? So that's good. Thank you. So (laughs) let me go up to uh, Bill. Where'd you go? I have the screen here in front. Did he just... I don't know know where he is. But anyway, okay, whatever. Um, He's going to be here. Where'd you go, Bill? (laughs) But anyway, okay. Listen... Anytime, Monday through Friday, same time, same place. You want to come on? You want to listen? Or if you want to say something, um, that's fine. You know, like ask questions, just like we did tonight. And it didn't hurt at all, did it?
4: No. <laughs> well, a little nerve, nerve wracking at first, like you said. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, you did a fine job. So now I have to close the studio down. And um, everybody have a good weekend. And we will be back on Monday so good night, God bless, stay safe and uh, another time. Good night now.
0: after all that you.
2: Okay. I don't know who these people are. There's no name
0: next to it.